The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And a very happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to your Friday weekend edition of Today in Sports Betting. I actually tried starting recording this podcast about one minute earlier, and some sort of un- unholy item got lodged in my throat. I don't know what it was, and after now a minute of hacking, I can actually start the show. That was gross. I felt like I needed you guys to know that it happened, even if I couldn't possibly subject you to the god-awful noises that you would have heard. I am Dan Bespris, he who can once again speak. I really don't know what that was. And this is a hoop ball presentation. Hoop-ball.com is the website. You can follow Hoopball on Twitter at Hoopball Fantasy. That is the fantasy news feed where you can get all of your NBA news packaged into delightful little quanta of fantasy information and as i've done all week i've been yelling at you guys join twitter if you haven't already make sure to only follow specific focused accounts so that you don't get sucked into the uh rather disturbing rabbit hole that is that social media platform but then also follow me, if you would, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. As I do now at the beginning of our Friday shows, I want to let you guys know what's coming up on today's podcast. And it's a little bit special today because, yes, we will be once again, like always, doing our big Friday week in review where we go over all the ads of the last seven to ten days, drops, meaning guys that were probably on rosters either at the beginning of the week or maybe even as as recently as last week, holds, guys that should remain on your roster, even if perhaps they're struggling a little bit, streamers, guys that probably don't have rest-of-season appeal but do have a couple of weeks of wind in their sails, and in, in this season in particular, the COVID year, where guys are just vanishing for weeks at a time, although admittedly less lately, These streamers have become more valuable this year, which kind of sucks, by the way, because you guys that have listened to this show for a long time, you know I'm not a big streamer guy in, well, normally it would be October, November, December, even January a little bit. I get more into streaming by January, February, March, that kind of thing, and then obviously into the fantasy playoffs, and this year I just shift everything back a couple of months. So normally in what is now the second month of our NBA regular season. This is not a time I'd be focused on streamers, but this year I'm willing to admit that you you need to adapt or die, kind of. And I hate to use that metaphor because it is the COVID year, so I'll clean that up a little. You need to adapt or your team's going to lose. You're going to lose. And one of the adaptations this year, I think, is leaning more heavily on obvious fill-ins That can give you three or four big games and then just cast them off into the ocean. Bloop. Down they go to the bottom of the sea. We also have watch list, guys. I was hunting for some obvious buy low or sell high types this last week, and there really weren't the supremely obvious ones. I think Joel Embiid is my best guy in that department, and uh, 
You know, screw it. Let's just talk about Joel Embiid, and then we'll launch into our weekend review. I, I did an Embiid segment with my buddies over on The Real Big Three. It was Bogman and Adam King this week. Jonas Nader was having uh, some stuff going on with his house, so hopefully everything is okay on that front. And the reason I brought him up, and you know, now we have another Philly game under our belt, what we learned is that he's still not trusted in seasoned fantasy circles. And we're talking about the number five player this year on a per-game basis. He is number seven by totals, he's played in 18 of their ball games, so he's missed a handful, but nothing nothing extreme, and a lot of the other guys near the top have also missed a game or two here and there. Embiid, again, number 7 by totals, number 5 by averages at 29, 11, and 3. 2.6 combined defensive stats, a 3-pointer, 56% shooting, 85 at the free throw line on James Harden-like 11 free throws per game. And... 3.2 turnovers, which is not really overwhelming. It's not good, but for a guy you know, up near the top with usage like his, it's not awful. And I thought, and this is where this is where it's really important to, to pull data from a few different sources. I thought that Joel Embiid, having played 18 games and only missed a couple for uh, you know a sore back or scheduled rest day or whatever you want to call it, I thought that would actually be enough to get people to buy in on Embiid a little bit. And in that segment on The Real Big Three, if you guys didn't have a chance to watch it, it's over on the In This League podcast network. Bogman and the Welsh. Go check that out. Some of our very good buddies here at Fantasy NBA Today and Hoopball. I thought I was offering them the better player in deals. In fact, I mean, right now, Joel Embiid at number five, and Basketball Monster does a good job, their their value ranking, comparing these guys to sort of the average player in the NBA, in fantasy, at least right now, which is kind of like around a top 75 type guy. That's basically your league average production. Anything below that, and it's actually a slight detriment to your team, but sometimes you kind of just have to take that hit, because frankly, in a 12-team league, you're not going to have all of your guys above number 75. Point of all of this is, right now, Joel Embiid is uh, 0.84 ahead of a a typical, an average player, meaning he's almost twice as valuable as a league average player, or certainly more than that. He's, he's you know, what, whatever the, the corresponding marker is there. He's worth a league average player, and then that on top of it. That's a better way to describe it. Because, uh, you know, if you took a, an infinite number of league average players, you wouldn't get to Joel Embiid. So it's not a perfect way to do math. Suffice it to say, he is firmly in fifth place. He's lodged in there tight between KD and Kyrie Irving right now. I offered, and it was Bogman and Adam King on uh, on that show on Thursday, I offered... Joel Embiid for Damian Lillard, and I was dismissed. And I kind of expected that, because Dame has serious name recognition, generally quite durable. I know he took that game off against Philadelphia on Thursday. It was a game that it looked like the Blazers were kind of just throwing, and then they ended up winning it anyway. Just sort of, they threw him a screwball, and it worked out. But, you know, Dame has played three more games than Embiid so far. Two more, sorry, after the, uh, the, the missed ball game for Dame on Thursday. And uh, Lillard is number four by totals, so he is ahead of Embiid in overall numbers so far this year. Not by much, but by a little, by about three one-hundredths of a 
standard league player, I guess, or league average player. Okay, so that one got turned down. No big deal. Then I offered Bradley Beal, who's number 12, this is all nine category, on a per-game basis, and has missed a few games, a couple, although most of his team's games ended up being postponed, so it really didn't have that big of an impact, and he'll catch up a bit in that department. And right now, Beal is number 22 by totals, but overloaded in remaining games, and I was told to buzz off again. Then, I thought I moved even farther down the list. I went Paul George and Jason Tatum as my next tier down. George is number 13, although, yes, I know he's right behind Beal in per-game numbers. He's actually ahead of him in totals because the uh, George has missed uh, a game, I believe, maybe two right now, but his team hasn't had a bunch of games postponed, so there's, you know, the back-end stuff for Beal is superior there. But Bradley, on a per-game basis, there's actually a pretty good gap between those two guys. Even though they're ranked 12 and 13, it's a pretty obvious 12 and then an obvious 13. And then Jason Tatum, who's number 19 and missed a bunch of time, and I was turned down for both of those as well. Now we're talking about a guy in Joel Embiid who's basically double. If you want to talk about, again, comparing it to a league average player, Jason Tatum to Joel Embiid, you're almost jumping twice in terms of what they do in total, roll up all of the values of their nine categories. Joel Embiid is almost worth double what Tatum is compared to a league average player. And still... I was turned down, and that blew my mind. I thought, I thought I'd be able to get Tatum. I thought I'd be able to get Paul George because there's a pretty big gap there too, like 60% of another Paul George <laughs> is out of what you're talking about here. And all of those were shut down, and I don't know that I would give away Embiid for anything below Jason Tatum right now, and I know... There's a high likelihood that Embiid misses some time here coming up with an injury of some kind. But if you look at the next tier of guys, you're talking about Zach Levine, Vooch, Jimmy Butler, Middleton right now, Adebayo. I don't want those guys for Joel Embiid. Sorry to those guys. But Joel is just a more valuable player right now. I think Zach Levine's field goal percent probably trends down over the course of this year, and he probably tapers off. Jimmy Butler, he could actually trend up from 21, but he misses time. He's already missed a truckload of time with COVID, of all things. is playing about as well as he possibly can, and he's still outside the top 25. These are the probably the types of guys you can get for Joel Embiid if you really think he's going to miss a month at some point later this year. So what makes him not really a sell high is that nobody believes it yet. So the story of this week is your buy lows and your sell highs are guys where you just need more data. You need more information rolled into the bucket. I don't think you can roll data into a bucket. It doesn't make any sense. So no buy lows or sell highs this week. I was hoping it was going to be Embiid. I ran feelers all week to get what I thought was going to be great content for today's podcast and ended up blowing up in my face. But it did teach us a lesson, which is Sometimes you just have to wait. Tom Petty tried to teach us that lesson. May he rest in peace. Shout out to our buddies at Manscaped.com here early in the podcast. Use promo code HOOPBALL20 at Manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping on your order. The Lawnmower 3.0. 
pinch-free technology. Oh, yeah. Shave yourself and don't take any chunks of skin with you. They've also got the Weed Whacker. That's an ear and nose hair trimmer. The Shears, a luxury nail kit. Boxers. T-shirts. That's swag. We call that swag around these parts. They've got lotions, powders, baby powder to prevent chafing. But what I got to tell you really is this is a company that's taken basically one thing, men's personal hygiene, and just got really good at it. Instead of doing 9,000 things okay, shout out to Jerry's Deli here in Los Angeles, they've taken basically one thing and they've perfected it. Shout out in and out Okay, fine, I get it. I, I'm going to start a fight with the in and out thing. Their burgers are $2, guys. <laughs> what? Maybe they're 3 now, I don't know. Manscaped has perfected one thing, and that is shaving you without pinching you. Go check them out, manscaped.com, promo code HOOPBALL. 20. Week in review time. Let's do this thing. Ads of the week. And some of these do stretch into the previous week, but I, I felt like just in case somebody maybe missed last Friday, we could kind of do a follow-up on a few of those guys. Jamichael Green is a, I believe he's a new addition to the list. He was, now I, I know a lot of you guys, as I say the name, you're like, Dan, shut up. Danny started on Thursday because they played the Lakers, who are a very large basketball team. And I mean, Lakers are big, dude. And they play some serious, stinking defense. And you're going to be like, Dan, shut up. Gary Harris is out. That's a big reason why. And then you're going to say it again. Dan, shut up a third time. Michael Porter Jr. does not appear to be fully recovered from COVID. Also, his defense is terrible. And so if he's not at full strength, it goes from uh, terrible to unplayable. So Jamichael Green is seeing a little bit of extra run, and he played 28 minutes on that Thursday game at 14-8, two threes, a steal on 5 out of 10 shooting. He is not playing this many minutes on a day-to-day basis. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I'm not, a, I'm not a fool. I'm not thinking pie in the sky on this kind of stuff. But I will point out, Paul Millsap very rarely makes it through a season healthy, as is the case with Gary Harris. He never makes it through a season healthy either. So we shouldn't be surprised that that's, that Gary's out, and we shouldn't be surprised if Millsap gets hurt at some point. And if Millsap goes down, Jermichael Green's probably the starting power forward on this team. He takes that Jeremy Grant role from last year, which turned out to be pretty damn productive when Millsap missed a month. And right now, Green's kind of carved out about a 21-minute role, even when the team was healthy, and he was going high usage in his 21 minutes. He's coming off the bench, Chucking shots with the bench unit, rebounding hard with the bench unit because they don't really trust Isaiah Hartenstein. And so Jermichael Green is right on the cusp of viable fantasy value right now. On the season, he's number 139. I get it. It was a slow start. And he's only been playing for a couple of weeks now. But over the last two weeks, in 22 and a half minutes of ball game, he's number 78. In nine category leagues, 11.6 and a half rebounds, a steal, and two three-pointers. Field goal percent quite sustainable at 46. Free throw percent too high at 94. That will trend down. But the other stuff is actually relatively sustainable. And you're looking at a guy who, if he can get 22 to 24 minutes, is a top 100 center. He is vastly under-rostered in fantasy leagues right now, probably because he doesn't play a ton of minutes and just quietly does good stuff. He also averages half a turnover per game. That's good, too. 
Not as helpful if you already have a low turnover team. I get it. You sort of pile up too much and don't end up with enough of other stuff. But if you're trying to counterbalance a team with, like, Trey Young on it, it makes a ton of sense. Rumbling right along, because we got very special stuff coming up. I, 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 I completely abandoned my plan of telling you guys what was actually coming up on today's podcast. Whatever. It'll be a surprise to you all. Beautiful. Uh, Cody Zeller is on my ad list right now because of the injuries in Charlotte. That sort of makes him a streamer, but he was above the cut line for a couple of games even when they were healthy. Again, we know how this story ends, which is Zeller flaming out or getting hurt, but you might as well enjoy it while you can. That's an, that's an easier one and a shorter explanation. TJ McConnell is on my ad list, and this is sort of an indefinite one because Indiana's decided they're better when they move Brogdon off ball for stretches, and it has to just kind of do with rotations a little bit. But McConnell, pass first point guard, a hustle guy, gets steals, gets tons of assists, doesn't shoot the three ball, so his field goal percent tends to be a little bit better. Specialist in almost every sense of the word, but lately he's been good enough in his two specialization categories to make him a worthwhile ad for your fantasy team. And his numbers are being artificially deflated talked about this yesterday, by the fact that he's made one of his last five free throws. Throw that out, get him more along his normal lines, and you've got yourself a solid point guard here lately. And, you know, there's no one right on the way for Indiana. TJ Warren, Karis LeVert, that obviously blows things up, but we haven't heard anything about either of those guys in weeks. I don't think we will either. Nerlens Noel, firmly, he might be one of my ads of the week frankly, and, and I think he became a more addable player almost right after we did last Friday's show. On the season, Nerlens Noel, number 152 in 17 and a half minutes per game, but there are a few things that jumped out about that season number, and also, it's worth talking about what he's done lately. Over the last two weeks, Noel's averaged 22 minutes, and he's number 118 in nine category leagues in that stretch. The reason I bring this up is because last year in Oklahoma City, he played 18 and a half minutes of ball game, averaged seven and a half point five rebounds, two and a half combined defensive stats, and shot a career best 76% at the free throw line. This year, free throw shooting is down. He's he's really not taking any this year. 63%, but he's only attempting one per ball game. His field goal attempt uh, number is way down also. He's at just 2.7 in only one minute less per ball game so his field goal percent or his, his total number of field goals attempted has been cut almost in half even though his playing time is almost a dead heat for last year so my hope is that and we're seeing a little bit of it lately he's starting to settle in a tiny bit more over those last two weeks he's up to 3.2 field goal attempts now which still isn't where we need it to be but it's getting there and then, of course, the real kicker with Noel is that the defensive stats are now finally coming around. He's averaging a steal and two blocks per ball game. That by itself is basically enough reason to roster a guy. Three defensive stats is crazy. If any of the other stuff comes back to where we expect it will, he could power boost. Like, every little thing he does moves him up around. That's how special it is. That's how his numbers are being floated by those defensive stats right now. I mean, if he if he hits one more shot a game, 
he jumps probably around to two rounds of value because you turn an, a giant negative into a slight negative or a wash in some categories, and that's a big deal for those guys logged, kind of log jammed between 75 and 125. So I love Nerland's Noel. He's going to be way under-rostered like a lot of these other guys. Uh, still available in some leagues. I have him in almost all of my my cash leagues. I think the only place I didn't pick him up was a league where I have Miles Turner and Clint Capella, and I thought, well, actually, I might even have him in that one. Yeah, I did. I figured, why the hell not? That's <laughs> overkill. Also on the ad list, Thad Young. That's a carryover from last week. He's just been amazing, and I wanted to talk about him again. I don't have anything to add, though. He's, he's just crushing it for Chicago, and he's probably carved out a role for the rest of the year, if I had to guess. I mean, it's going to diminish when Wendell Carter Jr. comes back and won't be quite as significant as it is now. But as playing as well as he is and orchestrating as well as he has for that team, they can't take him out of the rotation. Kelly Olynyk is back on my ad list. He seems much more comfortable in his role as you know, more of a sidekick type. He's never going to wow you. He's not going to score 25 points a game, but we know his stats that it's robust for nine category leagues. Some points, some rebounds, some assists, some steals, some blocks, some threes, does it on okay percentages when that stuff all levels off. He just has a very easy walk into the top 100 because he gives a little in everything. He's the guy that can walk to that average fantasy player spot. We did this exercise last year. I told you guys to pull up your fantasy board and try to find a guy who's as close to league average in every statistical category. Who is that guy? Who's the guy who has almost no categories where he helps you and almost no categories where he hurts you? Do you guys want to know who that is so far this year? And, you know, it's, it's, this is an imperfect science because you're, you're sort of taking averages. It's it's kind of two guys right now. There are two guys in the NBA that are really damn close to league average in every statistical category. But you know, give or take a little bit. Like you know, they, they're these guys that I'm about to mention are uh, a little bit better than league average in in free throw percent, but a little bit worse in say defensive stats or something to that effect. Uh, and I can even lump in a third guy into this mix. Although he's been a little bit less successful than the other two, and he's been a, a bigger player in turnovers, which kind of weighted his numbers in the positive direction. The three guys I'm going to mention are DeAndre Hunter, Harrison Barnes, and Nicholas Batum, who are ranked, by the way, 46th, 51st, and 60th so far this year in nine category leagues. Also, honorable mentions in this stuff Big Al Horford at 61. And it doesn't have anything to do with his ranking. I thought the ranking was just interesting when you sort of roll up the fact that these guys are just kind of okay in basically everything. And the guy you get is those guys. Uh, interestingly, Jamal Murray is not all that far off from league average in everything. So, by the way, by being a perfectly average basketball player in every statistical category, if you can be okay in nine categories, you're a top 60 guy in fantasy. Top 65. And so that's why when we talk about Kelly Olynyk, who, uh, you know, let's, let's be clear here, I don't think he's going to be a top 65 guy, but compare his numbers right now 
to Al Horford's numbers right now, who I just told you was number 62. Al Horford is averaging 13, 7, 2.5 in points, rebounds, and assists. Kelly Olynyk right now, who's 50 slots behind him, is averaging 10, 6, and 2.5. And what did I just tell you the difference was there? Three points and a rebound? Three points and one and a half rebounds. What's another difference between those two guys? Why is Al Horford 50 slots ahead of Kelly Olynyk? Can't just be three points and one and a half rebounds, can it? If you said no, you're right. Olynyk is shooting just 41% from the field this year, which is significantly below his career mark. So let's play a little math game with Kelly Olynyk. His volume right now is pretty close to what it was with Miami three years ago when he was taking about eight and a half shots per game. 2017-2018 Miami Heat. He played 76 games, averaged about 23 and a half minutes per game, took 8.4 shots. This year he's at 8.5. That year he made 4.2 out of his 8.4 shots. This year he's at 3.5. Now, in... This is sort of the it, to pick on Olenek a little bit. That year, about half of his shots were three-pointers. This year, about three-quarters of his shots are three-pointers. But he's also down below his career mark in three-point percentage. He's at 33 this year. He's around 38 for his career, 37-38, depending on if you count this season in it or not. Blocks are up for Olenek this year, but you know, 26 minutes a game is also the most he's ever played in a single season in his career. Let's do another part of this. Instead of doing all of the math ourselves, why don't we just go back to the 27-2018 season and tell you where did Kelly Olynyk finish that year. 105 on a per-game basis. Better than that, by the way, by totals. He played 76 out of their 82 games. 105, which is, by the way, a startable fantasy guy in 12-teamers, unlimited or games cap. 105 is good enough. 23 and a half minutes that year. Adjust that up by two to three minutes. He's easily inside the top 100. And, you know, field goal percent will be a little bit lower, but three-pointers are going to be a little bit higher just because of where he's shooting from this season. You play an extra three minutes, you're going to get an extra you know, quarter of a rebound. You're going to get a little bit more block shot, a little more steelage. His turnovers were actually at two that year also, so uh, yet another spot where he probably beats that marker this year. Two's pretty high for him. So Kelly Olynyk might be your sneaky pickup of the week because he's trending back in the right direction and he's nowhere near his ceiling right now, largely because of the field goal percent issue. Anthony Edwards, he was a pickup last Friday, but I wanted to throw him back on there because he's still starting, and I know there's sort of a lot of room for him to grow, but you, you need to have him as a stash, kind of a luxury stash. You can play him in unlimited format. You could sit on him in roto, utilize him later as he gets more confident and gets more shots in the offense. Derek White, I put on the list. I mean, he should have been rostered, and he is in every one of my leagues, but there were a few I saw out there where people were like, should I pick him up? Like, yes, you should pick him up. Didn't you see him in the bubble? He was dominated. And my last two ads are the Boston big men, Daniel Tice and the Time Lord, Robert Williams, who admittedly is a difficult one to trust because 
His minutes are not guaranteed. Uh, but he's in a great spot tonight, Friday night, with Jalen Brown out. So Celtics are down a whole bunch of guys, and he's going to have to play a little bit. They'll need a little bit of size. They'll need a bit of rim protection against the Clippers. He has these games where he doesn't play, and it's going to get him dropped often. Uh, but he's number 88 in 15 minutes per game so far this year. And it's a Nerlens Noel-like sustainable you know, field goal percent defensive stats mostly. And then Daniel Tice is just getting a whole bunch of minutes because there's a bunch of guys out, and he'll slowly roll his way up to top probably 90 numbers as long as the Celtics are a bit shorthanded. question is whether or not he can actually keep this going once they're at full strength again. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, that's going to push the big men all into the center bucket. We've talked about that before, and that does complicate things a little bit. The ads are the guys we talk about the most. Uh, the drops, the holds, the streamers, the watch list guys. We'll move through these at a little bit more of a lightning round pace because I want to get to the special mid-show bonus, and that's a visit from our buddy Aaron Bruski. That's coming up here in just a matter of moments. So, drops, Lou Dort, Marvin Bagley, enough said. Holds, Dante DiVincenzo, too much upside there. Emmanuel quickly. Too much upside once the switch gets made, and it will eventually. I know Alfred Payton outplayed him in their last ball game. Alec Burks remains a hold for me right now. Uh, the Knicks have moved him into a Reggie Bullock-shaped timeshare, which is annoying, but from an offensive standpoint, I do think it, inevitably they're going to have to go to Burks more, and other than his last game, as of us recording this show on Friday in the middle of the day, he'd been playing in the mid-20s and minutes, which is enough. And Danilo Gallinari is the last guy on my hold list. Be patient. We knew it was going to be a slow plod towards meaningful minutes for the oft-injured Gallinari. And he's getting close. I would also like Atlanta to stop having back-to-backs because it's impossible for them to play in big minutes. Watch list, guys. Maxi Kleba, Josh Richardson, Daniel House, Jay Sean Tate, Evitza Zubats, Denny Avdia, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Too early for me to add Alexander Walker. No one's gotten, no one is getting traded in New Orleans here, seemingly in this exact moment. And so, you know, you know, I really want to sit on that guy while he's not producing. Avdia, same thing. Someone's got to get moved. Jay Sean Tate, Daniel House, we're watching Houston to see if any of those guys can separate themselves as kind of the lead wing. That's not Victor Oladipo. And with Christian Wood out, turned an ankle. On Thursday, I guess I buried the lead on that one a little bit. With Christian Wood out for a little bit, that may create an avenue for these guys that might not last past Wood's return. But we're going to take the data where we can find it. And then Kleba and Richardson, because I just I continue to hold out hope that someone on Dallas is going to put up numbers besides Luca, KP, and Tim Hardaway Jr., although it seems also quite conceivable that no one else actually does. And the streamers this week, Jakob Pertl, a brilliant streamer for as long as LaMarcus Aldridge is out. He had a huge first game with no LMA. Juan Toscano-Anderson, streamer while the Warriors are centerless. Although it sounds like James Wiseman is only about a week away, so this one may not be worth your roster churn. Gary Trent Jr. looks like a great ad as long as CJ McCollum is out. Boogie Cousins! Back into that starting role here, and it seems like it'd be a couple of weeks of it, so that should be beefy. Miles Bridges, if Rozier and P.J. Washington remain out, he's useful. 
I'm not sure he stays above the cut line if even one of those two guys back comes back. Although, certainly for Bridges, it is a safer path while P.J. Washington is out, and it sounds like Washington is going to be out longer than Terry Rozier. I was going to put uh, Theo Maladone on this streamer's list, but then he got ruled into the health and safety protocols about 20 minutes before I started recording the podcast, so dump him! The Thunder aren't going to have enough guys to play soon, not because of health and safety, but because of a combination of things. But as long as everybody's out, Shea is out with the knee thing, George Hill's out with the wrist thing or the thumb thing, Maladone's out now. I mean, uh, Dort is out. Everybody's out on this team, which means Hamadou Diallo and Al Horford and Darius Baisley are going to have to take about 15 to 20 shots apiece. So those guys are wonderful uses right now. Horford is a standard league guy regardless. Diallo and Baisley were not standard league guys prior to all these injuries on the Thunder, but they are now, at least for the time being, must-roster, must-start guys just because the path to value is just so freaking open and obvious, you can't pass up on it. I mean, Diallo's game on... The hell day was that? Thursday? Wednesday, Thursday? 16-9 and with three steals? He's going to have to do a lot. He's already picked up in every single one of my leagues. Now, let's remember, people, back to Pumpkin once this team gets healthy. But as we talked about earlier in the show, streamers are just more important right now. They're just more important right now. So keep an eye on all of that stuff. And we will refresh this at the end of the podcast when we talk about every team's next game coming up Friday through the weekend. One thing I really want to do on today's show, and I meant to do it earlier in the podcast, Fridays are where I beg you guys to drop a five-star review on the show. If you've been enjoying the show, if you're enjoying this one in particular, wherever you're listening, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, whatever it might be, please do do whatever needs to be done on that particular platform. Whether it's iTunes, you drop a five-star review on the pod. If you want to write something nice, that's great. Or if it's YouTube, clicking the like button and subscribing to the HoopBall YouTube page. Whatever you can do at your specific listening locale, I would beg of you to please do so. Every little one counts in a huge way. Every time someone leaves a thumbs up or a five star or hits the subscribe button on whatever service, it elevates us a little bit. And if all of you guys keep doing that, it will elevate us a lot a bit. And it's free, and the show is free. And so this is like my way of saying, hey, I will continue to do five of these a week forever. I think we've done like 1,200 episodes of this show now, and I want to do it until the day I perish or the day that nobody cares about fantasy basketball anymore. But I need your help with this and this alone. Please, five-star review, subscribe, like, whatever it is for Fantasy NBA Today. I will love you forever, and this is me blowing you a kiss on the podcast right now. And no Friday show would be complete, although some have existed. They were not complete without El Arquitecto, one of the greatest to have ever done it. The man who founded Hoopball, our benevolent overlords, my buddy, Aaron Bruski. What's up, big dog? Arf, arf. <laughs> Welcome back you know, to the show, man. You had all those superlatives. Can I just say that this is the best fantasy basketball show on the internet and it's not even close. I think that this best, I think that my fantasy basketball show is the one that most resembles a baseball play by play. 
which is uh, creates something of a niche market. And I'm extraordinarily grateful for all the people that are like, Dan is really easy to listen to. Sometimes I disagree with him, but damn, I like I like his voice. The sultry tones of Dan yeah, Bruce. That's good. So I can be dumb, hey, but at but least I sound okay. You're a professional. Okay. That's, I, mean, I mean, you got to, I'm going to pat you on the back right now you're a professional like well, thank this you. is not like your first gig <laughs> you know this and... was no this was like what can i do from home and then you can i tell the story by the way first of all follow aaron brewski on twitter you guys do already but in case you don't at aaron brewski a-a-r-o-n are you gonna tell our origin story yes right now? yes b-r-u-s-k-i people need to know how to spell your last name b-r-u-s-k-i is when you hit me up to be in a, in a high stakes league uh no man i hit you up in uh, February or March of 2016, because I had started to hear rumors that the Bakersfield Blaze were going to move at the end of the year, and every year it was the same thing. But this one had this one had a weird truth to it, and I was like, "Well, you know, bleep me! What the hell am I going to do if if this team actually moves to South Carolina? Because I'm not my my wife is a doctor in Southern California. There was no way we were moving across the country for a minor league baseball play by play job. And so I hit you up because I had just seen. I think you put a tweet out that you were starting Hoopball at that point. I was like, well. Yeah, we, we, we basically launched. And, and you know what we haven't done? I, I believe, if I could count correctly, we've got a five-year anniversary. Yeah, dude. In, in like the 18th, I want to say. It's soon. I think that was the launch day. March 18th, was it? Or February? February. Okay, so I didn't hit so, you but, up immediately. But before that, just so everybody, if you want to get the, the real origin yeah, story lead, here. Like, give, me, give me the lead up so, and then I'll tell you my um, end. I, I needed about a month to run systems and, and stress test everything because it was a huge undertaking, right? And I wanted to know, like, could we, like, could we hang? Right? Like, there's a ton of, on the, just the news gathering and the blurbing side. So I did every blurb from December, like late December into January on, on my own, nobody read them. They're like, I think they're there somewhere, but like they're, they were just like, it was like me blurbing into the ether. And in the meantime, like everything was getting set up in the background for the, the site as you know it today. But the announcements and everything that we were doing, that was just like basically February 18th or whatever the day was we were going to announce and then we were just going to hit the ground running with it. And so you probably caught an announcement right around that time. And that's when we were starting to talk with people about coming on board and, and doing some of that also behind the scenes before we launched it. But it was, you know, like that was the go time and it, I have it on video somewhere. I probably got to dig it up, but like the day that yeah, you man. hit the go button on it, like watching people come to the site I was crazy. Got, oh, I got it. I don't think I've ever seen the video of this. Did I show it to you? It's cool. It's I don't like, think so. It's like a counter. It shows you how many people are on the site, and it's just kind of like going through the roof. And I'm like laughing because like the site was held by held together by duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was within, by the way, so my, my end of this is I think the site existed before I emailed you, or it was very close. All I know it's is that I didn't... A couple of weeks or a month. Yeah, wasn't long. I don't even think I went to the site. I think I saw the tweet and was like, I I want to do fantasy stuff. This is a guy, you, that I've been reading basically since you began at Roto World, and you had established yourself with the Brewski breakdowns, these massive, massive... Was it Wednesday night recaps that you were doing at that point? Ooh, man. Yeah, probably. And all I know I is that 
when I was reading Roto World, uh, I saw your stuff and I saw Naus's stuff at that point, and I was like, these guys know what they're talking about. But then Naus got into the the charts, and I thought, I can't. This is too much for me. I don't need. I don't need this much data to make my fantasy decisions, which we we love Naus, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, this is he, all. He's one of the best, and those charts are actually really good. He's so Dan, brilliant. You should go look at his charts. I well, you guys, anybody that listens to this podcast knows that my tool to try to make fantasy work for everybody is to simplify, and that was one step beyond what I needed. So, uh, for when you said you were starting your own site, I was like, this is the guy I've been following. This is the guy that's giving me my edge. This is the guy I'm going to hit up to see what's happening here. And when I emailed you, I was like, I want to learn how to be a fantasy writer. I think I'm pretty good at some of this stuff. And we actually did a blurb training session. And you were like, yeah, you're doing fine. What do you actually do, Dan? And I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a minor league baseball play-by-play guy. And you're like, <laughs> what do you do? yeah, do you want to do, like, do, do something on the AV side? And I was like, actually, that would be swell. Because writing, <laughs> right, I'm okay at writing. I can write all right. Uh, and you've seen me write stuff, and it, it comes out fine. Well, it was obvious at the time that, well, you're a unicorn. You know, we call you the unicorn. He's our Kristaps Porzingis, guys. <laughs> but I don't tear my ankles because I don't move at all. Yeah, well, maybe milk is your your your. Yeah, your that's right. I don't know. That's right. Lacto- um, lactose is my ACL. But uh, it was just like, and part of what you know, business or whatever you're in is just trying to figure out who does what and, and kind of finding the best place to put them. And it was just obvious. It was like, and we had the vision for what we're doing. Like we had the vision for what we do now. We had it back then, and it was like just like, oh yeah, this is the guy. We're gonna put him over here, and he's gonna do this, and then it's gonna grow into everything you see today. And then it happened, and it was great. Except, except by the way, you were willing to just have me kind of do stuff for a little while, which I think was part of kind of getting things started. Well, in hoopball. I mean, this was also like early pregnancy days. Like, uh, was Asher born yet? That's correct. It was early pregnancy. I emailed you. Um, that was a big deal. We were, yeah, I emailed you and I don't even think I knew that uh, my wife was pregnant with our first child yet. It was almost, I, we, you know, I might have known we, it was probably about a month and a half into her pregnancy. So everything was pointing towards, Dan, you got to find a way to make sure you're in Los Angeles, you're not traveling, there's a kid on the way. Uh, and But I still had my minor league baseball play-by-play job in Bakersfield, and my boss knew, and she didn't really care. But every once in a while, and uh, I was just talking to our old buddy Vince Miracle over on our gaming division about how there were days where uh, I would sneak off to our press box and just hide in a corner for 40 minutes, and he was sitting in his car outside of the hoopball offices, do- <laughs> and we did a podcast. But we didn't have it on any channels. Uh, it was on the Cause and Brew feed, because that was the only oh, feed we had. right. Yeah. Oh man. Yep. Yep. So we, anyway, we got serious origin stories around here of like just I mean, they're they're it, fun, man. They're fun. You so, know, I would like I, we've done everything the right way. I, I don't want to make it seem like we're just completely like loose cannons out of left field. Well, like you know, we've got background <laughs> in business. Like we know what to do and how to do it and all of that. But like some of this stuff, like is just kind of hilarious because it's the wild wild west of. You know, this industry is the wild, wild west. You've got brick and mortar places that are funded by TV operations that, you know, the the people paying the bills don't even talk to the people doing the stuff. And it's just this big sort of blocky thing. And then you got everybody else in the other side is just all entrepreneurs and people just trying to find the needs and fulfill them. Yep. And 
and it's just it's cool it's a i mean it's a little bit schlocky out there i'm not gonna lie i'll put a couple companies that are on on you know like not not on blast i won't use their names yeah don't do it don't do it by companies (laughs) like to do business with them and some of the business practices that we see i'm like just like whoa how are you guys in business i have no idea how you're doing this yeah the fact that we can do all the things that we're doing and not completely let things fall through i mean some stuff does but oh no no i think we got things on lockdown like our customer service is i i think we get a reply to people on a question within like a faster time than we should yeah that's right that's exactly right okay so let's dive into some stuff oh, i hope talk fantasy i oh, hope yeah. well i mean i think well, i hope people you know, find that fun we, we should do origin story stuff every so often yeah dude that's I fun mean, this is well, fun i bringing it back to the listeners you guys are part of this. You yeah, know, like many of them are. We we were small when we started, and now we're pretty big. You know, comparatively to most you know companies in this space, we got a ton of people, and but it's all powered by you guys. Yeah, and we're not going to sell out. So like, you can kind of just like be a part of something that's small and it grows and it gets big and it's for the people by the people. You know, it's it's going to be good. And and so you guys are part of it. So we'd like to share those stories. But we'll also talk some fantasy because I'm sure we'll get like five comments. No. So here's what I'm here's how, what I'm, how we didn't talk about. We didn't talk Judge Dredd. We this is fantasy related. This is origin story. This is stuff that people didn't know about how you and I met initially. And, you know, you were when I emailed you. And we still haven't met. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. OK, <laughs> that's a story. That's our next origin story. The fact that Dan and Brew actually have never I bring met a person. film crew. When we actually meet, it's going to be like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> Who are you? Um, okay, I got three things I want to talk about with you on today's show. Um, and I haven't fully decided on the order of them, but I'm tempted to jump into surprises first because that uh, people people love this stuff. And, and we've had a few. And one that's come up a lot is DeAndre Hunter. But what, what have been, more from a fantasy perspective than reality, some early season surprises for you. And I, and I have a segue where we're going to go after this. So lay it on me. What's, what's jumped out at you so far this season? We're just talking to strictly fantasy. Um, I mean, I think that there's like very little stability and that's not really surprising because of COVID, but like you, you just don't see like, I mean, the whole first round is jumbled up and it's early, you know, some of the second round, a lot of those names are kind of correct. Um, but it's just, I think it's really stop and start out there. Like you, you don't get any traction on anything. It feels like in terms of like preseason expectations. So like there's individual players that are surprising, um, I don't know. We could go down a list. Like, I, I guess Kawhi at the top is a little bit surprising. Um, Although you had Kawhi very high, by the way, so don't say too surprising. I, I did, um, you know, but you know, like he's quietly doing it, and nobody really knows about it. Um, you know, everybody's sort of waiting for the next shoe to drop with player absences and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. Like Anthony Davis isn't good. That's surprising. Steph Curry, I detailed in the bruise letter, he's not up at the top despite basically maxing out on everything. So that's a little bit surprising. Um, you know, you got guys that have, you know, that we'll probably talk about at some point that have hit real big. You got guys that like can't even make the floor that we kind of all in the, the ringer world thought would be good. Hello, um, Troy Brown Jr. Though he did get on the court last night and he was good. <laughs> 
He did get on the court. And the Wizards won. <laughs> he did get on the court on Wednesday. This is true. <laughs> I, I mean, there's been like Chris Boucher blew up right at the beginning. Now he can't stay on the floor. Um, John Collins can score 35 points in a night but not have a steal or block. But then he'll score 12 points and he'll get like five blocks. It's just herky-jerky out there, man. Like, it, 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 you look at these, uh, these, these teams that go two weeks without playing. You know, like, how in the world are you really going to plan for that? So when you ask about surprises, like, I just keep coming back to COVID and thinking, like, like you based your team off of player X, and then you don't have that player anymore. Like, what are you doing to recover? And I don't think there's a great answer. I think you just kind of got to go like a generalized BPA, best player available, and try to fill the holes where you can and try to be nimble if your strategy that you had going into draft day got blew up because, you know, you had a center like, you know, Jonas Valanciunas has been out forever. You know, now you got a hole at center. Like, what are you doing to fill it? Like, okay, do I need to move off of that strategy or do I just hang tight and keep going? I don't know how players or you know uh, managers are doing the playoff um scene this year that just seems wild to me head to head like no no I, yeah i mean that it's even non-playoff head to head has been uh an excruciating grind i had um let me see if i can remember exactly who was on the team not that it really matters all that much but uh kevin love who not a covid related thing was out, and I can sort of put that one on the shelf. Uh, I had Gallo hurt, and that one's also sort of not that relevant. I'm starting at the bottom here, but uh, Tatum missed a week and a half. Uh, John Wall missed some time in there. Russell Westbrook missed two weeks, sort of COVID-related stuff. Alec Burks missed a month with the ankle thing. Devin Booker was out for a few games. This is all at the same time. Uh, that team, by the way, is dead last. Everyone, Almost all of my other teams are in pretty good shape, and that team, I was just kind of like, what can I do? Like half of my team is out right now. I just have to wear it and try to lose six to three every week. Yeah. I got a team with cat on it. That's oof. got, I, I just looked at the, I was like, what is this last place team? You know, how bad is it? Cause I hadn't checked in a while. It's a lower level team that I don't really care too much about, but I'm like, what is wrong with that team? I should look into this. And I'm like, looking at the roster. I'm like, all of those players are players that you should want like every single one of them. And there's just been a ton of absences, you know, all over the place. So you yeah. can't even, it's like, I think probably a lot, a lot of people are looking at some, some of their teams and thinking like, Oh man, I got to make a move. You know, this team's not good. And then the, you, you look at the players. It's like, do you really want to get rid of DeJounte Murray? Like right now? Nope. Like, no, you don't. he's going to, he's going to carry the Spurs through the second two thirds of the, or the last two thirds of the season. And you know, there's players like that. Pascal Siakam, you know, this is the guy that a lot of us have. Are we really going to fade him for the rest of the year on a team that has like six, you know, players that can can give you usage? You know, he's he's leading the team in usage. Those guys probably are pissed off about having to play in in Tampa, you know, and play deep into the playoffs, you know, going to suck for the first third of the year and and then pick it up and become you know, relevant again, or not relevant, but but decent again. And, and, and what do you know? The numbers are going to get better for everybody. So, I mean, just kind of straight across the board, it's just weird out there. James Harden 
Like, were you really not going to draft him number one overall in an eight-cat league? Yeah, and it's not you like know, he's been terrible either. He's what? He's 11 and nine-cat and a couple slots ahead of that in eight right now. I mean, he hasn't been number one, but he's he's five in eight-cat. He's number five. That's not bad. Yeah, well, I mean, that was the whole th- idea is, like, you could have a player that laps the field or maybe he slides down into the bottom of the first round. I mean, that's, like, a great floor to get that kind of upside with. So, um. So listen, tell look, you, though, you're like you're talking get, about all the Nikola Jokic right now. Yeah. Yeah. You got to feel so good. That one because um, there's nothing changing with that dude. No. And he fell to everybody at seven in every single draft. Yeah. And he came, well, he came in. He came in in great shape. And there's something to be there's there is a little lesson in that is that when you have a good coach and Michael Malone and you have a player who's got all those expectations and and has been beat, you know, and called soft and, and it's all on him now. And especially after they lost Jeremy Grant, you know, he knew more than anything that he had to come into this year and be very, very good. He comes in in shape and it's just like an auto automatic every night. Yeah, and no offseason. He doesn't to... jump, so he's not going to land on anybody's ankle anytime yeah. soon. Well, I just said on a different podcast, too. He Did you jump. say that? <laughs> yeah. Almost word it's for so word. It's so true. Like in the injury front, these players that don't jump, you know. They're, yeah, they're locked in. Um, so look, I, you're talking about the things you have that are that are brutalizing you, and I gotta say, I think Cat is probably the single biggest uh, oh, thorn. And I and I knew about the wrist too. I thought about the wrist when I was. I had a choice between him and Curry in one draft, and I had already taken Curry so many different places that I was like, I'll give Cat a try. Well, there's no other player anywhere near him in per game numbers who's played as few games as he has so far this year the only other one when he that's fell even... to me in that draft i actually got pissed because i was like well now Curry's i got it yeah you're gonna going now i gotta Curry. do it it's gonna be all good i think i had like the six or seven slot or something and then like somebody took Giannis, and then somebody you know like it, he just kept falling and i'm like ah it's gonna be cat ah it's gonna be cat and it's like i gotta take cat yeah, the only other guy on the board who is even remotely resembling him in terms of like big time per game production that hasn't been on the floor much is Jimmy Butler, and he's a solid round and a half to two rounds back. So uh, that's one of those things that'll level off over time. You're kicking yourself over a couple of things, but I think it's also important to note you had Kawhi Leonard higher than almost anybody. You had Bradley Beal higher than almost anybody, where everyone adjusted him down a great deal with Russell Westbrook. You did not. Uh, Paul George, you had higher than most folks, so don't uh, don't belittle yourself too much here at the front end of the podcast. Uh, you know, I, I I hold a high expectation, so we'll we'll see how everything. Yeah, you always bring up Myers Leonard once per year just to make sure people remember that fateful season. Honestly, well, thanks for bringing that up, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, you My don't pleasure. Get better without, and, and this is this is like an athlete issue, like you know, athletes competitors of any game that's out there like you remember all your losses you remember none of your wins there's something incredibly unhealthy about that um but it keeps you sharp like if you at the end of the year if you honestly review everything that you're doing and you can learn from it that's how you get good at this stuff so yeah no i'll wear the i'll wear whatever misses but um it's extremely early, and I actually have some teams are doing really well, so I'm not, you know, worried on on kind of the overall grander side of things. I think we're still doing really well, um, but it's it's like I just look at this list and I just crack up. Like some of these, you know, names are just like like Anthony Davis, 19 per game. Yeah, he's um he's not interested in in banging with people right now. He's uh he's, he's well, he he's, can't he's, hit free throws. That's 
pretty damn weird. I think that levels up. Yeah, you can see it's in his head. He'll get. He'll be fine. That's coming. Yeah, back. he's a he's a natural shooter, so I don't worry about him yeah. either. But like, he missed a couple key free throws, and then he took a game off. Yeah, he'll be fine. I'm not worried. The rest of his stuff isn't that far off. His steals and blocks are down ever so slightly. Uh, free throw percent comes back up 12, 13 percent. If it gets to that mark, he's right back at the top of the first round. That's so Trey that's, Young. Yeah. Okay. Twenty three. So, yeah, he's been he's been weird. LeBron twenty six. Yeah, but we all faded LeBron this year. Yeah, so we I saw did, that. But one you coming. know, it's funny. You know, he he burnt us on that before. Oh, right, fading him. It's, in it's, previous not, it's year. not. It's not outside of his uh, his skill set to not burn us with something like that. Yeah, um, but you just had to know with the off season, and it was the same thing with AD. These guys are in cruise control in the regular season this year because they can, they can. So wait a minute. Yeah. Let me let's As let me segue. Opponents, but yeah, exactly. They don't they don't need understood, to go. Understood. Understood. Uh, I got two more things I want to I want to hit up with you. One of them is uh, the bruise letter, which the initial uh, after your busted fingers finally healed up, you were able to get Dude, that the first... actually healed my fingers. You you flexed them into shape, huh? Don't, honestly, I'm not kidding. Like my, I, it, you type a lot for years, and you're you're, you're my fingers hurt. But they uh, <laughs> well, now your like, back's gonna hurt. It was like after <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, so this thing's fourteen thousand words, and yeah, like, that's like I got my strength back or something. Can you wait? Can you um? What is fourteen thousand words for someone typing a double spaced college essay? How long is that? Like, cause I can't. Oh, I don't even know what that double spaced college essay. Yeah, yeah it's like twenty five pages. That's crazy. Thirty. That's crazy. So I mean, give me it, give me a nugget or two from the bruise letter from this week. I know it goes obsolete quicker well, than it you should. Know, but so, it, I mean, this all comes from blurb work, by the way. If anybody wants to get good at fantasy basketball, blurb work is where it's at. Because when you do a blurb in real time and you need it to be right and you need it to be good, and and as an organization you stand for blurb work, like you know, and that's what all the greats before me have done. So this all comes back to blurb work and. You're looking at stats and stat sets and and players, and you're doing it fast, right? You know, in order to be able to, like, I cranked out the 14,000 words. I did it in about mm, seven hours. And the way you do it is you're fluent with the material, but you also are able to look at a stat set and look at the current production and, and, and quickly in your mind based on all that stuff that goes on in Dan Vespers' brain where he just calculates it in a second and spits it out in a tweet storm. <laughs> you got to do the same way, do it the same way and get that blurb out so you can be faster than everybody else. And so you're, you're doing this within the, the bruise letter and you're looking at teams and, and going through them team by team. And you're really just doing in-depth analysis really, really fast and trying to synthesize it in a way that's quick, convenient. Like somebody who reads the bruise letter should be able to like go to the section that they want to read. Cause there's a couple sections in there. There's some you know, section about basic NBA stuff. There's a section in there. Um, it's just like my thoughts on life. I, I, you know, try to connect with you guys, get a lot of emails that I can't reply to. So I, um, you know, I want to do that, but somebody that's reading purely for fantasy can just go in and go team by team and be like, Oh wow. Oh wow. You know, and get the information that will move the needle in their league. Like we're talking ads, drops, trades, like how should you value a player? So like, I'm going through team by team, and it was funny. I, I looked at, I saw Steph Curry's numbers, and I my jaw just kind of dropped. And and it was like, is he going to have the stat set? It's like he done as a top five player. 
was the question I was asking in my head. Because last year's steals number, the year before, pardon me, his steals numbers was down. But it was kind of like supported by other numbers and, and, it, and it didn't really show in the final analysis. You know, he's not getting those numbers that would support a low steals number. He has to be optimal. If he's going to start, if he's going to keep it, the steals number, yeah, I don't know it off the top of my head, but it was like 1.2 the other day. Yep. If he's going to have that number, he has to be perfect everywhere else to be a top five guy. So the field goal percent has to get from 47 back to 50, basically. That was his, that was his career best year. Yeah. And, and he did that on huge volume. And he was like making jaws drop every single night with just that, every single ability. Oh, man. How, how awesome was that year? That was, that was uh, so that, cool. That year won me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty awesome for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was great watching that stat tracker every night. So uh, how can people get the bruise letter? Tee it up for me, Dan. Yeah, uh, there you go. They, Ball on they, tee. They, they can get it at hoop-ball.com. You go to the bottom of the screen. There's a little banner. It says enter your, your email address, and that's it. We got links everywhere, too. Yeah. You probably put one in the show notes. Uh, I have before. I have tweeted about it as well. Um, I added it. Now I added a task to your list. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bitly slash bruise letter 2021. That's the uh, that's the fast way to that's get that. That's easy. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that it's that easy. It's bit.ly yeah. slash bruise letter 2021. Our marketing guy, Rubens, made fun of me for spelling it out. He said, nobody does that. And I said, what are you talking about? I'm an old man. So yeah, bit dot ly slash bruise letter 2021 and uh i want to give you a quick pat on the back because you know we've been talking about some of the hits some of the misses early season surprises the bruise letter i've had a lot of people come to me to say thank you because i had a lot of different pros on this show that all gave out sleepers this year and you do you remember who you gave out i do jeremy freaking grant <laughs> so unexpected. i do yeah well even at the time you were like well i feel like a lot of people know about this guy um but he was still going in like the 90 range nobody wanted to buy that one yeah um because it all there was this there was a fear i think of maybe upside being capped do his do his defensive stats come down a little bit what do we know about free throw shooting how does he handle the increased volume and you said, I'm not worried about that stuff. And he is now a early third rounder that people drafted generally in the eighth round. So from all of those people that came to me, they said, tell Brute, thank you for Jeremy Grant. Well, Brute, thank you for Jeremy Grant. He's winning people a lot of leagues. So there you go. Your kudos of the day. And now I got to feel like I take you, need to take you down a peg again. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel pretty good. Let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's keep doing <sighs> that. I felt gross. You, you don't like that? to praise me because I'm, I'm, I'm like, quote, unquote, your boss. <laughs> that's right? right. That's exactly right. It's going to that, come that, off that's weird. That's, that's from. It's going to come off weird on a podcast because people do know that technically I work for you. Although you have told me before, do not call me boss. Yeah, you called me boss the other day. It was, was boss the computer and slap you. It was bosso. It was, it was. Bosso. Yeah, it was real familiar. You know, not a formal, not a formal one. Jeremy Grant, by the way, 24 points, two and a half, three pointers. Six boards, three assists, just under a steal, just over a block, 45% from the field. I thought you give Michael Porter a shout-out. He's at 34. Yeah. Did you see the defense he was playing in that game against the um, – who the hell was it? Was it the Jazz the other night, right? Oh, my good no, Lord, I'm was sure it bad. It was spectacular. It was really bad. Oof. But, but you know their defensive rating, Denver, hasn't changed that much with him on or off the floor. 
Yeah, I, that, they, that I found guys are able to cover for it, seemingly. Yeah, somehow he hasn't been exposed yet, but he hasn't played that much. So teams aren't really like interested, I don't think, in, in just going right at him. But who knows? Maybe, maybe that's not right. Those numbers are always hard to figure out. you got to really understand the context behind them. Well, this is my... By the way, Brew, we're, we're being interrupted at the end of our segment here by my son. Uh, this is not a live TV show, Asher, even though you wanted to jump on the podcast anyway. Asher, do you want to tell... Brew, first of all, uh, the great Aaron Brewski, again, the legend. We don't give you the credit you deserve. At Aaron Brewski on Twitter, A-A-R-O-N-B-R-U-S-K-I. Uh, big dog. Uh, what do you think? Next week or the week after? When can we get you back? I would like to go next week. All right, there you go. Uh, Asher, can you tell, uh, can you say thank you once again to Aaron Brewski? Thank you once again. To? Brewski. <laughs> That's perfect. I my love boy. it. Did he just say Brewski? Because nobody calls me by my first name. He called, you, Bo- he called you Booski, actually, but it's close oh, enough. Brewski. He's Aaron Brewski. Thanks, my man. You got it. Bye, Asher. And that, of course, was our buddy, the great Aaron Brewski. We'll get him back on next week, a little state of the hoob next week on the show. Didn't get to do that specifically this time around. Of course, he had the uh, opportunity to talk to him a little bit about the bruise letter, some in-season surprises so far. That was good stuff. Let's take a look at what's coming up here over the weekend. Every team's next ball game as a what we should be looking for as we gear ourselves up. Because the weekend is hard. It's hard to find the right pockets of time to you know, stay on Twitter all day, looking for breaking news, make sure to check every box, or all that kind of stuff. It's easy to do it during the week when we have our schedules lined out. But over the weekend, I find that this exercise on Friday puts me, at least, in the right mindset for, okay, these are the things that I want to make sure I check for as these teams play their next ball game. So, here we go. Tonight, Chicago is in Orlando. There really isn't much I'm watching for on the Chicago side. Orlando, I, I do still want more information on how they're going to utilize their guys with no Aaron Gordon for the next month. You know, they're down Markel Fultz, obviously, already. We heard Al Farouk is actually not that far away for the Magic, but it would surprise me if he was healthy enough to get fantasy value, even with that team as shorthanded as they are. I've got to think Cole Anthony and Terrence Ross get going a little bit. There's just only so much that Vooch and Evan Fournier can do almost by themselves. Pelicans, kind of a non-story right now. Pacers, also a little bit of a non-story, although I guess you could throw TJ McConnell in there. We talked about him during our ads segment earlier in the podcast. Bucks, nothing. Cavs, nothing, as long as they've got everybody there. You know, waiting on Larry Nance to come back and see how that jams up the uh, the works a little bit, and then Kevin Love, but don't expect that to be happening over the weekend on the Love front. Toronto, it's all a health thing. Nets, really nothing now. It does seem like Jeff Green has kind of won the center battle for that team. Minnesota, Anthony Edwards, we'll always keep one eye on Ricky Rubio to see if he can capture a little bit of that old Ricky Rubio magic. Well, that doesn't seem like it's happening right now. The Thunder, they're just down a million bodies, so... There isn't a ton to watch for with this team. I don't, you know, it seems like hopefully some of their guys will be back relatively soon. But even if they're not, you sort of already know who the guys are to be scooping up and rolling with. Wizards, Russell Westbrook is back for this game, which means that everybody besides Russ, Beal, and maybe Bertans 
get shoved out to the periphery with Miami. Kelly Olynyk is the guy to watch. I really do think that is as his field goal percent trends back up towards something a little closer to his career mark. Let's assume that that happens even a little bit. You don't have to get up to 49%, but you know, 44, 45, then he's inside the top 100 at that point. It just, it's not a foregone conclusion because his minutes could trend back down. But if he really is going to play 26 minutes a ball game, then yeah, he'll, he'll have fantasy value at some point along the way. Utah, nothing. Charlotte, Zeller, Bridges, Again, it's injury-related with this team, which is less interesting for me, but it's something. Detroit, can they get their shot back? They've been ice cold on their road trip so far. For Phoenix, we're still waiting on Devin Booker to get any kind of rhythm going with this roster right now. Boston, down a few bodies, so we'll watch the centers on that team. And then with the Clippers, Ivica Zubats is uh, a guy I had on our uh, watch list that I think I accidentally kind of jumped over earlier in the podcast. He's been trending up. His minutes are now in that 21-22 range. That puts him 110, 115, 120 range. So he's real close now. He's like a minute away from being a top 100 center, albeit a super boring one. But still, you know, there's so many of these top 80 to top 120 centers floating around where if they just catch fire for a week or two, that almost seals up their season numbers. So I like it. I like Zubats. I, I mean, he's not my favorite of the centers we've talked about. You know, Nerlens Noel was above him on that list. The Time Lord, Daniel Tice, Kelly Olynyk, all of those guys are. Jermichael uh, Green, even those guys are all above him on my particular center list. Zubats is kind of the bottom of that pack, but everyone in that pack has a potential path to value. If we turn the page towards Saturday, the Knicks and the Blazers have a day game going. It sounds like most of Portland's missing guys from the Philly game are back. Obviously, the longer-term guys are still out on that team, CJ and uh, Nurk. Uh, Robert Covington, by the way. I haven't talked about him on this show in a while because people were like, should I drop him? And I kept saying, no, no. Uh, he's up to 33.8% shooting now after a couple of slightly better shooting ball games, and he's actually right at the edge of the top 100 So as horribly as things have gone so far this year, he's still a nine-category guy. He still should not be dropped, even with the numbers he's put up so far. And if he keeps playing the way he is the last couple of weeks, then he rolls into that top 60 range. So, cool. Nick's side, we've talked about it already. You're watching the Alec Burks-Reggie Bullock thing, Emmanuel Quickly versus Alfred Payton, Erlens Noel, what's going on there. The Knicks are actually ripe with fantasy things to look at. Denver is uh, in Sacramento, We'll see if they can bounce back off of their loss in Los Angeles. These two teams actually seen each other a couple of times already this year. Sacramento, nothing, really. They're pretty straightforward at this point. Chicago, Orlando, we already talked about. Brooklyn, Philly, we've already discussed Brooklyn. Philly's a, a nothing. Toronto, nothing. Talked about them already as well. Hawks, Danilo Gallinari here, not on a back-to-back. Is this the game where he gets up to about 22 minutes? That would be my hope. Everybody else is questionable on that team, it sounds like. Minnesota, OKC, talked about those teams. San Antonio, you know, watching Derek White's minutes. Jakob Pertl in his starting role, presumably the Marcus Aldridge out for a couple more ball games. The Houston Rockets, down Christian Wood. That's going to add usage to a lot of people, notably Boogie Cousins, although you'll see it fall to some other dudes as well. And uh, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Golden State, 
a little bit of nothing, although Toscano Anderson, Dallas, we talked about, Josh Richardson, Maxi Kleba, watch list guys. Memphis, I swear to the good Lord, I cannot figure out this team, but DeAnthony Melton is a must-own guy right now, and I hope he continues to be even after Grayson Allen comes back. It seems like he should have carved himself out enough of a role, but you just never really know. And I think everybody plays either Friday or Saturday in the NBA. Detroit, Lakers. Oh, that's, yeah. I mean, Lakers are nothing. Detroit, we already talked about. And uh, then Sunday, yeah, nobody playing on Sunday that we didn't talk about already. So that's what you're focusing on as you gaze forward into the weekend. And then we will loop it all back together. We'll sort of tie the knot with reverse chronological lightning round Monday as well. Thank you again to our buddies at manscaped.com. Promo code once again over there is hoopball twenty. Didn't talk about uh, my bookie today, but you guys know the story there. Sign up for a new account with promo code HOOPBALL and let me know when you make your first deposit. I have a prize for you. I'd love to give them out. I am Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter or just Google search Dan from HoopBall. Big fat thank you once again to our buddy Aaron Bruski, the founder of HoopBall, one of the greatest fantasy legends that has ever done it and continues to do it. We'll get him back again for another visit next week. That's always fun. We've, uh, we haven't had as much brew lately, just too many giant projects on all fronts, but we'll be rectifying that for you guys here in the not-too-distant future. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Thanks again, everybody, for those ratings and reviews. We love you, and talk to everybody on Monday morning. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.